You're listening to Midi Storytime, part of the Spare Change Library. This week we're reading the latest chapter of The Bride of the Tomb by Mrs. Alex McVeigh Miller. Chapter 18 Hades Leverett had scarcely returned from locking the door after her despairing visitor when she was confronted by her husband. Old Peter's eyes snapped viciously, his hideous old face was flushed crimson, and his shock of bristly red hair stood erect with indignation. "'Now then, madam,' said he, with a snort of rage, "'I have caught you at your sly tricks, have I?' "'What is the matter with you, old man?' inquired his spouse, affecting serene unconsciousness. "'Oh, you may well ask,' snapped her liege lord. You haven't been and gone and discovered a mine of wealth and worked it yourself in secret, denying your poor, honest old husband a share in the profits. Oh, no, you have not. Shut up your nonsense, said Haiti witheringly. You haven't got a secret against a great lady, pursued old Peter, disregarding her adjuration. A great lady who follows you home to lavish gold upon you, who wants to know if poor old Peter shares the secret with you, that she may bestow some of her wealth upon him? You have not got your pockets full of gold at this moment. Oh, no, no, no! You have been eavesdropping, you devil! cried his wife in a rage. Well, what if I have? snapped he. When a woman has secrets from her husband, a kind, faithful old man like you've got, Haiti, it is his right to find out all he can by hook or by crook. I have a mind to search your pockets this minute and see what hordes of wealth you have hidden there now. Have done with your foolishness, old man, said Haiti, with an uneasy consciousness of the costly golden brooch and bracelet lying perdue in her pocket that minute. Will you turn your pocket inside out then and let me see if it is empty? asked her husband threateningly. No, I won't, was the sullen response. Inflamed with rage and cupidity, the old man advanced fiercely upon her, intending to carry out his threat. But the virago was ready for him. As he was about to pinion her arms down to prevent her resistance, she suddenly thrust her hands into his hair and clutched its bushy red masses tightly in her long and claw-like fingers. This done, with a quick and dexterous movement, she flourished her arms and brought her husband down groveling on his knees before her. "'So you will pick my pocket, will you, you old villain?' she cried triumphantly. But she cried victory a moment too soon." As she spoke the words, old Peter made a furious lunge forward with his immense head and succeeded in throwing her backward upon the floor, where she lay kicking furiously and waving her hands, in which were tangled great bunches of fiery hair. The old man immediately followed up his signal success by planting his knees on her chest and rifling her pocket of its costly contents, while the vanquished wife sent forth wailing cries of rage and grief at the spoliation of her property. "'Oh, yes!' cried the old man, holding aloft these spoils of war with one hand, while he vigorously pummeled his wife with the other. Oh, yes, you have already stripped the woman of her money and have now commenced on her jewels. Where have you hidden the pile of money? Tell me this minute before I kill you. Receiving no answer but a loud curse, he began to rain blows thick and fast on the head and shoulders of his powerless victim, and there is no telling how this conjugal war might have ended had not a loud and continued knocking on the door startled the furious belligerents. "'Get up!' shrieked the vanquished, rejoicing at this diversion in her favor. "'Get up and open the door. Someone has been knocking these ten minutes past.' Old Peter obeyed this mandate reluctantly, shambling off and carefully pocketing the jewels as he went, while Haiti rose and straightened her disordered dress, and picked up her cap, which had been torn off in the furious melee. "'Now then,' said Dr. Pratt, entering, attended by Harold Colville, "'what is the matter here?' I never heard such a furious racket in my life. Have you two been fighting? 
only having a friendly knockabout by way of exercise, sir, answered old Peter with a hideous grin at his conquered opponent, who had received a black eye and a swollen face for her portion of the friendly contest, while he himself had not escaped scatheless, as he bore several bloody scratches on his face and sundry bites on his large red hands that testified to the efficacy of her teeth and fingernails. What was the cause of your quarrel? inquired Mr. Colville curiously. It was of no moment, answered Haiti, with a warning glance at her old man. But Peter's fighting blood was up, and he did not heed her caution. He proceeded to explain by way of revenge on his angry spouse. It was all along of a fine lady, doctor, that Haiti is holding a secret against and getting lots of money from on account of it, which she refuses to share, either the money or the secret, with her poor old husband. Who is the lady, and what secret have you got against her? inquired Dr. Pratt, looking sternly at her. It is no concern of yours, doctor, was the sullen reply. Her name was Mrs. Vance, said Peter, taking malicious joy in circumventing old Haiti. Good heavens, said Dr. Pratt, remembering how incautiously he had talked to Colville about the widow in Haiti's presence. Why, you she-devil, is it possible you have been trading upon the suspicions you heard me breathe about the woman? The old witch would not answer, but Peter, taking on himself the role of spokesman, replied for her. I can't tell you where she got suspicions or her information, sir, but she has certainly made a good bit by her knowledge, for she has gathered in all the lady's money and now begins to strip her of her jewels. Fine ladies don't part with things like these until all their money has gone the same gate, said he, holding up the brooch and the jeweled serpent whose emerald eyes glared like living ones. It's a lie. I've only had money of her once, said old Haiti fiercely. She's a poor woman and has nothing to pay with. How did you gain your information, Peter, if, as you say, your wife would not share her secret with you? inquired Dr. Pratt, trembling with rage against Haiti. The lady followed her home today to make arrangements for coming here the next time to pay another installment of hush money. Haiti had been going there on some pretext of peddling lace, I think, but the lady was afraid to have her come to her house again and promised to meet her here. My God, said the physician, growing white with fear and rage. Mrs. Vance, here, in this house, only today. Haiti, you shall repent this. I have not betrayed any of your secrets, doctor. I was only making a little money for myself, and no harm done, said the old witch, beginning to grow apologetic. No matter, you must never go there again, nor suffer her to come here. If you do, I swear I will murder you. Do you understand me? Yes, sir, was the sulky answer. And you promise to do as I bid you? I promise. Very well, then. See that you keep your word. And you, Peter, let me know if she dares to disobey my injunction, and let the matter rest also yourself. If either of you approach Mrs. Vance again, I swear you shall pay a heavy penalty for your temerity. Your prisoner, Haiti, is she safe? inquired Harold Colville, growing impatient of the delay. She is, sir, was the answer. The key, then. We wish to visit her, said Colville, whereupon he and Dr. Pratt both rose and made their way to Lily's room. That concludes this week's installment of The Bride of the Tomb. This production of The Bride of the Tomb features the voice talents of Laura Bang and Damien Katz. Chris Hallberg voices the intro and outro narratives. The theme music is The Guava Rag by Brett Donnelly. Midi Storytime in the Spare Chambers Library produced by Lancelot Darling and Friends. This podcast is brought to you by DimeNovels.org, the Edward T. LeBlanc Memorial Dime Novel Bibliography.